Anybody here a Charlie Brown fan? You know, as, as he would say today, it's a great gloomy day, isn't it? I mean, it's just, have you ever identified with a Charlie Brown character? How many Alinuses we got? Lucy's? Uh, that would be me, yeah. The, 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 psychi- the, the psychologist is in five cents. <laughs> Pay me now. No. Anyway, greetings to everyone from our kids in Germany. Um, it's been, next Saturday will be two years since the unprovoked invasion of Ukraine by Russia. Two years. And it feels like 20 years to me and to our kids. There's probably not a day goes by that they don't ask, some one of or two of them ask, when? You know, and I, and I love our president of Ukraine's comment on the news this couple of days ago when he was asked, when is the war going to end? He said, no, don't ask that question. Ask, when is Putin's provocation going to get stopped? That's when the war is going to end. So <clears throat> it was interesting. Anyway, we can't go back until we have a bomb shelter. Now, whoever would have thought. But uh, so what we're praying about, and I'm going to be doing for the next month in the States, raising funds for it. I'll just tell you briefly, real quick, and then we'll get into the message. We have one building that hasn't been developed on our property, and we've already had engineers come out and look at it. Underneath the building, we can put a bomb shelter, renovate the top of the building, and it'll be a vocational training center. I'm hearing a ringing in my, up here, yeah. Um, thank you. Oh, it's, it's getting better. Ring, ring, go away. <laughs> That's rain, rain, go away. Anyway, uh, vocational training center up on the top, and uh, uh, where kids can learn, boys can learn uh, plumbing tools, woodworking tools, girls can learn cooking, sewing, cleaning, and we'll have a gymnasium where they can do stuff in the wintertime. So pray for us to raise the funds for that. It's a, <clears throat> it's not a small amount. It's, uh, I, 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 I won't tell you because you'll just be shocked. Well, I guess I will tell you. It's close to a half a million dollars. But, you know, God's got a few cows on the hills, and all it's Psalm 120, all he's got to do is go out and sell them. And uh, if it's God, the money will come in. If it's not God, the doors will be closed. But that's when we can go back, because new law, all children's facilities have to have a bomb shelter on the property or one that they can reach within five minutes. We have one that's ten minutes away. And we've already been told by the authorities that doesn't count. So, moving right along, we are still in Germany. And today's title, I think it's up there, maybe, is Life. What's love got to do with it? And now stop, don't be singing that Tina Turner song. I know some of you already gone there. <clears throat> you know? And it's not a secondhand emotion, okay? So what, life, what has love got to do with it? And my answer to that is, everything, everything revolves around love. Like Pastor Ramona was talking a few minutes ago about Valentine's Day. God's great love for us, that he sent his son Jesus to die for us. And how many times do you ever get up and look in the mirror, you've done your makeup, you fixed your hair, and you say, oh, I look so good. And you say, I love you to yourself. You ever do that? Oh, come on. Okay, I'll tell you a little story. We had a girl. She's 14, and she's a little on the chunky side. 
and her mother is a um, active lady who works nights. You understand that. Yay. And it's not a regular job where she gets checked. Okay. <clears throat> this little girl <clears throat> had a real problem with anybody who would come against her. <clears throat> Excuse me. The pollen's terrible. Anyway, when people would come, kids would come against her, she would immediately get defensive. Now, why do we get defensive when someone comes against us? They're invading our turf. They're invading our heart. So I took her aside one day. I said, Dasha, let's go talk. I took her to the bathroom. I closed the door. I said, Dasha, do you love Dasha? She looked at me like I'd lost my ever-loving mind. I said, no, I'm serious. Do you love Dasha? She couldn't answer. That was the answer in and of itself, right? Right. I said, I want you to practice something. This is what I had to learn to do because there was many years I did not love Jane. I didn't think anybody else loved me. I didn't think my parents loved me because my father took his own life when I was 13 and my mother blamed me for many years. So I didn't think anybody loved me. Much less God the Father. I mean, when I became a believer and saw God the Father, I was like, who's that? That's just a guy that comes along and then shuffles off to Buffalo and leaves you alone. How can he love me? But I learned that God loves Jane. And one way I learned it was I went to the mirror, and I was made to do this, and look in the mirror and say, I love you, Jane. Not just I love you. I had to say my name. Because it doesn't mean anything if you just look in the mirror and say I love you. So what? But if you add your name to it, then it becomes meaningful. And God changed my heart, and I began to love Jane. So I taught this little girl. This is what I had to do, and I shared with her my story. First, she looked in the mirror, and she goes, I love you, Dasha. I was like, what did you say? She said, I love you, Dasha. I said, no, let's do it again. I love you, Dasha. Finally, she got to where she could say it. She said, that's not easy. I said, I know, but you got to love yourself because if you don't love, our, we don't love ourselves, how can I love Pastor Frank? How can I love Zosh if I don't love Jane? How? We can't because we give out what we have, which comes from God the Father. So that's the verse I want to read. John 13, 34 to 35. I'm giving you a new commandment that you love one another. It's not easy. and Sometimes I don't want to. Let's be real. Let's be real. I mean, come on. I'm not going to stand up here and pretend I can just love everybody. That would be a lie. And God would just paint, spank me for the rest of my life. So it goes on. It says that you love one another just as I have loved you. So that you too are to love one another. I'm reading from the Amplified because I really like what it says on this next, next sentence. By this, everybody will know that you are my disciples if you have love, and here's the best part, unselfish concern for one another. Amen. Unselfish concern is a form of love and we need to have it for one another. Some researchers, they did some interesting Googling on uh, love. 
and found out some researchers say love flows from within as moving and outward expanding energy. Okay, everything is energy. We're not just standing here by whatever. Everything is energy. So when we love, we extend ourselves like living energy and we feel the outward connecting. Think about it. Think about it. When we love, we're showing somebody love and it's energy that goes out. Okay, so one of the most important discoveries in neuroscience in the last few years was the discovery of mirror neurons. Now, I don't know about you, but I never heard of a mirror neuron, and I'm a psych grad, so that's something interesting. But in research, they were able to observe particular areas of a person's brain that light up when they're feeling an emotion like sadness or joy, and then they observe the same areas of a different person's brain in the same places in their brain, in their brain of the second person just by observing the experience of the first person. Now, translated, that means if I'm feeling all happy and googly and joyous and I come up to Pastor Frank and he's sitting there kind of like, oh, poor me, but I get around him pretty soon, he's going to start feeling happier. Right? Have you ever done that to somebody? You walk up to somebody and you you know, I did that the other day at the grocery store. This cashier, she was having a bad day. I mean, she was young, about 20. That's young. She's a baby. (laughs) She was having a really bad day. I could tell by the look on her face and what I felt when I got up there. Did you find everything you need, ma'am? I like to always ask you at Publix. I was like, yes. How are you doing today? caught her off guard. She didn't know what to say or think. She's like, looked at me, you know, I paid her and, well, check my card, you know. And I said, I hope you have a better day and smiled at her. You know what she did? She smiled back and said, thank you. Her whole face changed. That's our love energy that goes forward. And I think that this thing, what they did with the brains, you know, one person's brain lights up, the other person's brain lights up, that just testifies to the influence and the power we have of emotions over another person. Jesus wasn't kidding when he said, love one another. Those are his words, not my words. And the Christian life of love is a supernatural life. We can't make it happen. We cannot make it happen, produced by human forces or whatever thing we want to do. Can you go up, get up in the morning and say, well, I'm going to get out today and I'm going to go love. You know, if we could make it happen, then how would that work? How would that work? But it's important for us to admit that we cannot make it happen. So maybe you're sitting there and you're thinking, well... I'm not a very loving person by nature. Well, welcome to the club. Nobody is. Nobody is. If we were, love would not be a gift of the Holy Spirit. It would not be a fruit of the Holy Spirit. What does it say in Galatians? The fruit of the Spirit is, first one listed, love, patience, long, what goes on. It would be a fruit of our personality if it were uh, not supernatural love from God. If we could make it love happen. 
It would be part of our upbringing or our chromosomes that God put in our body when we were birthed in our mother's womb. But a lot of our kids are afraid of love. And many people walking around today are afraid of love. They're afraid of the love of God. One of our kids, when we were talking about how God loves you and he wants to help you and change your life, yeah, but how's God going to punish me when I do things wrong? Well, you know, I don't think God's big time into punishment. That's what grace and mercy is all about. God is in a God of love. But lots of times people are afraid of it. They think God's not going to love them when they fail or that they screw up. Or or he's going to love them today, but I'm going to mess up tomorrow. And then he's going to say, give me back that love. You're not, you can't have it anymore. I mean, look at the example of Peter. He's one of my favorites. He is absolutely one of my fa- I can so relate to him in many, many ways. But you look in John chapter 21. You know, the guys are out on the Sea of Galilee, and they're just fishing away. They're not catching squat, you know. The nets are empty. Throw the net on the other side. Okay. Then they see this guy up on the beach. All of a sudden they realize, holy moly, that's Jesus. Can you imagine what Peter felt? He'd already denied him three times. I mean, I cannot even begin to imagine the shame and the embarrassment of what Peter felt. Three times, oh no, I'm going to have to go through this again. He's probably going to blast me. You know, like when, like you mess up and do something wrong and your parents say, you did that yesterday. You know, correct it and punishment. We're so quick to do that instead of giving people mercy and grace. We just need to zip it. Sometimes I wish I had a zipper here when I'm getting ready somewhere. I could just pull that thing across and say, mm, mm, mm. you know. Oh, I know you've never done that. Never felt that. But... Jesus invites him. He's got a fire built. Today's fire would be really nice and cozy. He's got some, got some fish, guys. He, they give him some fish. I can still imagine Peter's going, I hope he doesn't ask me anything. I hope he doesn't remind me of what I did three times. Not just once, but three times. And not quietly. No, I don't know this guy. I don't think Peter for one minute said, no, I don't know him. He said, no, I don't know. He had to be strong to prove to them. I don't know this man. So here they are. Jesus asking them for some fish. Invites him. Eat breakfast with him. And then says, Peter. And I can imagine Peter's just about to wet his pants. He goes, do you love me? And Peter's probably just about dying. Here we go again. Yes, Lord, I do love you. I'm not, he's thinking to himself, I'm not going to make the same mistake three, four times. They go on. Jesus asks him again. Do you love me? Yes, Lord. And what does Jesus tell him? Feed my sheep. Three times he asks Peter if he loves him. And you know, I think I can imagine Peter's thinking, I'm a sinner. How can you ask me these questions? But Christ conquered that fear in Peter with what? Love. And that's what we can do with others. That's how we conquer the fear with many of our kids. 
who are afraid of different things. We love them to Jesus. We love them to wholeness. And that's what God wants to do for us. We've all got pain. Amen? We've all got stuff that we've done. We've all got stuff that God has forgiven. And when he's forgiven it, he doesn't remember it. I don't think for one minute he's got a record up there. Okay, well, I forgave that. Mark that off the list. No! It's gone. It just goes. And God wants to heal us in a deep way with the power of his love that we can show that love to other people. That's why he created us. Period, period, period. We are here for one reason and one reason only, to love others. And so here these guys are on the, on the beach, going to have some fish. But Jesus put his play, himself right at Peter's level, rather than asking Peter to give him more than he can. He became just like his friend, Peter. I even imagine sometimes he might have put his arm around him, hugged him. Do you love me, Peter? And so when we screw up, imagine Jesus standing there beside you saying, Jane, do you love me? And you know God's going to say, Jesus is going to say, yes, I love you. He always will say that. Peter knew that he would fail, but Jesus recognized that Peter needed hope and a second chance. And that gave him hope because Christ understood that Jesus and Peter needed to be healed. And Peter was changed. He went on and did some great things. So even though the love relationship was imperfect between Peter and Jesus on Peter's side, not on Jesus' side, never, ever on Jesus' side, on Peter's side, they understood that even though it was imperfect, Jesus said it was enough for him. It was enough for him. Despite all of Peter's failings, all of his screw-ups, and despite all of our failings and screw-ups, Jesus still loved and forgave. You know, that's one other thing that's hard for the Ukrainians right now with this war going on, because there's a lot of people that are very angry, and I'll even go so far as to say hateful, toward the Russians. And it's going to take a long time for that whole situation to heal. A long time. Because there's so much animosity. And I just have to wonder sometimes if God doesn't sit up in heaven and cry, cry about that. You know, man did it. God didn't do it. He didn't have a thing to do with it. And some of says, well, God could have stopped it. I said, well, we're not robots. God doesn't have a string on our head and pull Amen. strings up there and ha have us to do different yeah. things. Yes, we have a free will. It's our choice. But when our kids ask, when do we think, when, when, do you think we'll get to go home this summer? I've already heard that question twice, but right before summer from one kid. Do you think we'll get to go home this summer? And I'm like, I don't know. I'm not God and I can't answer it. When it's safe. Right now it's not safe for you to go home. And one little boy even said, well, why did God even begin this whole thing? 
I said, what makes you think God began it? I don't know. I said, well, do you think God is a God of love? You know what his next question was? He's nine years old. What is love? And if you knew his story, you would be astounded. I mean, one thing chased around the yard with a pitchfork. Uh, yeah. So he, he did not have any concept of love. He is now my best buddy. Uh, you know, he was one day just acting really crazy and, and rebellious and not wanting to do anything that anybody said. And one of the other caregivers were like, what are you going to do with him? I said, love him. Right where he's at. And he was on the couch and falling onto the floor. So I sat down on the couch. He fell onto the floor and I fell onto the floor on top of him. And we wrestled on the floor. You know, I'm getting my nice clean clothes all nice and dirty. Where's the work? I said, one of the caregivers said, what are you doing? I said, we're cleaning the floor. What does it look like? <laughs> I just wrestled with him. You know, he didn't hurt me. He could have. He is so strong. Oh, my word. He is really, really strong. He didn't hurt me. But after a while, he's laughing. And I'm laughing. And he, said, he asked me later, not then, they are so later, why did you get on the floor with me? I said, why not? We were having fun. He said, but I was mad. I said, that's okay. You can be mad. There's no sin about, there's nothing wrong about being mad. It's what you do with your anger that becomes a sin. Amen. I said, but you didn't do anything bad. He said, but I was on the floor with you. I said, and? We had fun. I said, you got over it. You weren't mad anymore. Can you tell me now why you were mad? Because I lost five minutes on the computer or something like that. And I was like, oh, Lord, have mercy, Jesus. You know, this social media and electronics, these kids, they're, it's an addiction. Yes, it is. And I said, oh, well, you lived. And he's like, oh, yeah, I lived. He didn't quite get it. He was still crying about the five minutes. I said, but, you know, God loves you. I love you. He looked at me straight in the eyes, just like I'm going to look at Pastor Frank. He looked at me straight in the eyes. I didn't flinch. I just smiled. I said, I do love you. And, you know, you can tell by somebody's eyes if they hear it or if it goes right over the head. Just like when you're training a dog. You know, we tell correcting a dog, you always look the dog straight in the eyes, and whoever flinches first, that means that person won the battle. It's the same thing with a per human. It's the same thing with a child, with an adult. He said, I know. That was the answer when I said, I love you. I know. He's waiting for me to get back because I promised to take him to McDonald's. That was not at that time. This was another time. He got, some, he got straight A's in, in school uh, on his class. In German, mind you, uh, Emmy would be proud. <laughs> uh, so I promised, I told him I'd take him to McDonald's. We'd go get a Happy Meal. He says, and I can have Coca-Cola? I said, well, I think Sprite might be better. That's what I do, Sprite. He's like, okay. But he decided in his head, whether he said it with his mouth, to receive love. And so 
God says that we should love one another. Just like Peter, we need to remember how great God's love is. Like Pastor Ramona said again before the beginning of the service, he gave his only begotten son for us. If I had a child, I don't know if I could do that. You fathers, that's not easy. That's not an easy thing to do. But God gave us Jesus that we could have eternal life and that we could love each other. He says in Jeremiah 31, 3, I've loved you with an everlasting love. What's everlasting? Never ending. I've drawn you with loving kindness. He doesn't come after us with a belt and try to whip us because we've been bad. He comes after us with open arms that are warm and wants to embrace us right where we are. I was praying this morning before I came over today. I said, God, I just want, Jesus, I just want you to embrace me. I want to feel your warmth this morning. I want to feel your spirit. I don't want to go to church and say anything that you don't want me to say. I need you. And you know, in, in about five seconds, I felt warm. I was like, man, the heat on? I'm like, nope, it's on the air conditioning still. No, I felt warm and I felt the presence of the Lord. What does Jesus want us to do when things seem impossible? Love. Luke 6, 27, 28. But to you who are willing to listen, I say, love your enemies. And there's an exclamation mark in the Bible. Love your enemies. I try to share that with Ukrainians, and it's not easy. But the ones that really want to deal with it can. But do good to those who hate you. And I know there's people out there that hate me. There's people out there that hate you, but hey, they'll get over it. That's not your problem. Like, like I like to say lots of times, not my monkey, not my circus. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who have hurt you. God wants us to walk in love because love never, ever, ever fails. There's a guy in Germany, and I got to tell you the truth. This guy pushes my last button every day. Even got in my face and accused me of lying. I thought, you know, I might do a lot of things, but lying ain't one of them. The only place I lie is in the bed. <clears throat> and I looked at him when he accused me, and I said, I did not. He's like, okay, I believe you. But he pushes my last button. I have to pray Every day, more than one time, Lord Jesus, I need your help to love this man. I need your help to love this man. And God has showed me that he's a very hurting man with a lot of pain. I'm in his life for a reason. He doesn't know God, doesn't want to know God, doesn't want to go to church, has nothing to do with church because he was forced to go to the Greek Orthodox Church when he was up to age eight, and he hates church and anything to do with it because it's all just a bunch of phonies. His words, not mine. But I'm in his life for a reason, and i got to tell you, you can pray for me because I'm telling you, there's some days that I just want to go, oh, God. <laughs> Literally. And 
he actually has authority over me in Germany. Mm -hmm. I might be the president of our organization in Ukraine, but in Germany, my authority is zero. That's hard. That's, that's humbling. But I pray for him, and I pray for God to give me the strength to love him, because that's what God expects us to do. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who hurt you. Walk in love because love never fails. Love isn't what we say. It's what we do. Amen. We can say one thing and somebody, that does, somebody who doesn't know Christ look at us and go, uh-huh, well, I see you mm-hmm, doing this. Our words and our actions have got to match. If they don't match, we're invalidated in a heartbeat. And people who aren't believers will do it so quick. You know, a physician once said, the best medicine for humans is love. And somebody said, what if that doesn't work? You know what he said? Increase the dose. Uh. Increase the dose. I mean, that's how, that's how it is sometimes with our medicine, right? We're taking a pill, it doesn't work. And the doctor says, well, I'm going to move you up to the next uh, level. It's the same way with love. Love them. And if it doesn't work, find a way to love them more. I'm bringing this guy back some golf balls because he loves to play golf and he wants to be a professional golf player. But I happen to know what particular ball he likes and it's cheaper in America than it is in Germany. So I'm bringing him back a set of three as an act of love. Not to gain his favor or to bribe him. But I just got this idea and I thought, this is really from the Lord. So there's no greater distance than the gap between what I know in my head and what I believe in my heart. We cannot love from the head. It does not work. It's impossible. Because you can only do it for a little while. And after a while, your head's going to say, really? I'm tired of this. Let's go on and do something different. But if we love from the heart, it's there all the time. As long as our heart stays tuned to the Lord. So with God's love in our hearts, love becomes a part of our character. I want to be known for that. That shows itself in the way we act. Our character shows itself in how we act to other people. Because love becomes the way we walk, the way we talk, and in what we do. It is everything. Think of the blood flowing through the body. If we didn't have that blood flow in our body, I wouldn't be standing here. Right? Those of you in the medical profession. So, love flows through our body as energy out to others. I know you've been to a dinner sometime and you like see somebody over there and you're like, I don't want to talk to them because they're standing over there like. And you say, no, I'm not talking to them. They're having a bad day. You can feel the energy from them. But they will feel the better energy, the love energy from you. The love that God has put in our hearts that never, never, never fails. I want to close today with a, with a chorus <coughs> that hopefully many of you know. And you can stand and sing it, but think about it when we sing this. Do I love the Lord? Do I really love you, Jesus? Do I have enough of your love in me to give out to others? Think about 
your relationship with the Lord because it's his love that came to us and only his love can I give to somebody else. I can't give mine because remember, without him, I don't have it. I just don't have it. So, I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice to worship you, oh, my soul, rejoice, take joy, my King, in what you Jesus, know that he loves you immensely, and love others like he loves you. The scriptures say that uh, God's love leads to repentance. If you don't know God's love today, you want to. Now's your time. If, If you'd like, we'll have people that'll pray for you, we'll pray for you, and we'll let God's love come into your life the love of Jesus Christ who gave his self for us. Dear Lord, we thank you today for your son, Jesus Christ. Lord, we thank you for what he did for us on the cross and what you did through him. God, we love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Hello, this is Pastor Louie. I hope you've enjoyed the message today and I hope that it has encouraged you. If you need any further information about the message or our ministries, please contact us at the numbers on the screen. Our live worship is 1030 each Sunday morning, and we can also be seen on YouTube and Facebook at thelivingcornerstone.org. Be blessed.